if you are truly gifted as a as a business developer you can see the possibilities within your you know regardless if you're working in startup or big corp there are possibilities on how to change and take steps to develop side streams that are more circular just to focus on that could be very beneficial for you as a if you have that role in your company but also see it 100% correlated to profitability so because it's it's a very hard sell if you sell it as as something that is only sustainable at a macro level the global economy will contract this year and at the best stay flat next year how do business developers achieve profitable business growth in such a macroeconomic environment welcome to the business developer podcast with sujay a source of inspiration for business developers by listening to this podcast you may gain some ideas inspirations or food for thought towards your own journey of developing your business successfully now or in the near future thanks to each one of you who liked the previous episode with priyadarshini sharma wherein we discussed how marketing could create a positive impact towards profitable business growth and also the pitfalls to watch out for in today's episode we shall talk on the topic of sustainability contributing towards profitable business growth today's guest is someone who wears multiple hats a strategist a startup mentor and someone who is developing his own consultancy business so without further ado please join me in welcoming our guest axel boethius hello axel welcome to the business developer podcast thanks for taking out time to join this episode thank you so much for allowing me to participate glad to be here great axel just to give you a brief the goal of this podcast is to make a difference in the lives of the business developers who are working hard to develop their business who could get inspiration by listening to the content shared through this podcast by listening to experienced individuals like you and from your perspectives and learning so to get started axel can you tell us the story of your life mm, the short story um always been been interested in making things work in a better way and uh, becoming more efficient inspired in part by uh, by swedish cross country skiing gundersvan always trying to be faster in any way possible and the way i ended up working in in a field of developing sustainable businesses is uh after uh, my university studies i started working for a recycling group called stena recycling where um, basically because i i i considered it it kind of cool to trade uh recycling commodities such as uh ferrous uh, steel and so on and i ended up standing on a landfill and in sweden uh we only the landfill about uh 0.5% of our total waste this compared to maybe 50 60 in the states uh and uh even more in uh, in countries in southeast asia but but standing there I, i realized that something was not working in our system and uh and with that as as a north star i've been developing career wise uh towards where i am today helping businesses uh become truly sustainable uh and trying to change the food system especially so that would be the short story that's that's great 
So Axel, I was just uh, very curious. Uh, I'm a little bit interested in philosophy and your last name is Bohetius, right? That's correct. So are you anyways connected to the great Roman statesman and philosopher Bohetius who wrote The Consolation of Philosophy? I'm not. Uh, my, my last name is is a preacher's name. Uh, so what they did in... Uh, in uh, in the early 19th century uh, is that these people called Boo, which is a common Swedish name. He took the name Boetius, the, the preacher. Okay. But I, I felt uh, a sting of pride when I was young, reading Catcher in the Rye, the famous book by JD, with J.D. Salinger, where uh, in the intro of the book, uh, there's a quote by, by this very Boetius, uh, the philosopher. Uh, and I showed that to all my, my, my classmates at the time. So, yeah. Cool. I don't know whether you've read it, but one of the quotes that I like from there, which really caught my attention, is something called, happiness cannot consist in things governed by chance or in the hands of fortune. Yeah. No, I can relate to that. And I, uh, from, from my personal pers- perspective, uh, I'm not a bigger, big believer in chance. I'm a, I'm a believer in uh, synchronicity. Uh, and that uh, whatever is supposed to happen is, is truly happens. So, uh, yeah, that might be my, my response to that one. That's great. But now, uh, Axel, given your uh, significant exposure we, you have, I would like to start this interview more taking a macro view. We all know the world that's around us, the COVID impact and the shrinking global GDP. So I, I just read in the Global Economic Prospects Report published by the World Bank in June 2020, that the impact of the pandemic and the damage is resulting at close to 5% contraction of GDP in 2020. And obviously, there are long, long-term impacts too. Given this kind of a macro environment, how should business developers still manage to start a business, develop or grow their business? Well, I think we have to get used to maybe not a negative GDP as, as we've experienced uh, during COVID-19, but an economy that isn't growing, at least not in the pace, uh, in the global pace of quite a few percent each year, but, but at a steady level. And there's quite a few uh, economists uh, working with this, uh, this concept of a non-growth economy. And that has been on a very systematic, visionary, you know, 10, 15, 20 years uh, level but uh, i believe that the time is is now um, that companies have to consider their business model and how that would work in an, uh, an economy that isn't growing i see it a little bit as we've always had you know money in our wallets and now for the first time we're running out and that's you know when when creativity and uh, efficiency and resourcefulness is is really showing. You know where and and how can you develop your business models to work without using up too much of the the, the planetary resources that, that we have. And that is, it, I believe it's possible, but we have to work in in different kinds of business models. It can't be produce, transport, sell, transport, consume, and then dispose of maybe in a landfill or maybe in an incinerator in 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 the swedish case uh more often than not but uh with um with uh rentals with uh, subscription models and so on i think that that 
that will become increasingly uh, important and relevant for, for many businesses. Uh, and we're already seeing that in, in quite a few cases where, as an example, Klaus Olsson, the the Swedish uh, tool retail chain now starts with with rentals and subscriptions and come in and get the tool that you need right now for the for the purpose right now and then uh, return it to uh, to the shop and then someone else can can use it instead of everyone having a uh, all kinds of, of drills or whatever it might be so um, yeah I, I see that development coming uh on very strong in in the next upcoming years yeah i think you are then hinting towards the shift from linear to circular economy that is happening and all the focus on sustainability on the word of sustainability you know axel i did a google search yesterday and there were 800 million results that show up so what's your uh, view on it is it a hype or is it more now seeing as a reality well my my title has been now for a few years sustainability strategist and i've grown quite tired of the of that title i see myself as as a, a strategist with no no prefix to that because you can't have a long-term uh, functional business model if you're not sustainable it won't work and now also uh, from an investment point of view this is starting to show so if, if you, you want to get funded and have a long-term investment strategy, you have to, to have a sustainable business model. And today we will also misuse the word as being more or less sustainable. In my mind, you can only be sustainable or not sustainable. You can't be 80% sustainable because that means it, it's actually not sustainable. So uh, taking back the word of, uh, how it was put in the beginning, how, how it was developed. We can't take the resources from our children uh, and use it today because it just won't work. So um, I think we're, we're tapping into true sustainability. We, we will do so at least. We will be needed to do so, if not anything. Yeah, well said, because I also share your view, Axel, because just by using that word system somewhere, you're using too much of it. It should become like profitability of business, right? When we talk about profitable growth, it's either yes or no, you are profitable or not. Similarly, it's, it's, that's like sustainability. It, it is either sustainable or not, right? Yeah, exactly. Black or white in that case. Yeah. I'm sure you might have also heard about the phrase by John Elkington when he talks about profits, people, and planet, mm. right? That's, I believe, a very simple way of putting at how businesses should look at. And it's not that sustainability means something like only for a non-profit business. So it goes as a key facet of a business, right? Absolutely. And we also have, when it comes to the, the organization and how to develop our organization so that we can have the, the, the organization with all the, its functions with sales and procurement and then have sustainability on the side. Right. A three-people team and a thousand-person uh, organization that works with sustainability issues. It, the head of sustainability should be the CEO. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. If I again take my example to the profitability analogy, there is no head of profitability. Right? Exactly. Everybody in the business is responsible to drive profitable business. Exactly. From the CEO to the stakeholders to the person who is interfacing the customer or operations. Yeah. So that thus should be the sustainability view embedded into every function, every day of life. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know whether you've seen that. I have seen it in examples like, 
in older banks i used to see they used to make a day called a customer service day yeah. as if only on that day they are take, going to take good care of customers and not for other days no but exactly and now everyone knows that if you don't take care of your customer uh, you won't have profitability profitability you won't be profitable long term and uh, but i think that's very interesting and uh, but it's also a hard hard voyage because if you're not sustainable today and there's only black and white and then how do you take these baby steps to, to come there but i think that also most businesses that start up are not profitable from day one right and that might also be the case when it comes to sustainability yeah but maybe you have two years where you're you're developing and maybe you can't make all the right choices if, you, if you're developing some sort of physical product to be 100 percent sustainable from day one but you have to have a target as you have a profitability target yes that after two years after after 18 months you have to be profitable and sustainable for example so you can take steps and you have that as a part of your strategy that we start with this kind of packaging as an example coming from my background as a as a reciting expert but then we develop that so within 12 months we have a more sustainable packaging for example yeah but in comparing between sustainability and profitability i believe one of the challenge with the sustainability side is the it's not hard numbers that you can measure with so easily because profitability you know it's quickly a maths and then you see the whether profitable or not but sustainability there are a lot of qualitative aspects to it mm. Do you see something emerging where sustainability is getting much more easily measured or then communicated that I believe will help people to then compare and see where they stand on an ongoing basis, on a day-to-day basis? Yes. Um, I believe uh, that, that and I, I see new, uh, new ways of going through the, the traceability of, of your products. So you actually know your value chain and that could be very good for you in in other uh, in another space that is not sustainability when when you come to uh, to risk management when you come to profitability when you come to to uh, productivity that you actually know your value chain especially now with covid-19 that uh, all of a sudden you couldn't construct new new houses in, in Sweden because all the the nails uh, came from from China so there were glitches in your value chain and the same thing goes there with that uh you you learn to know your 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 value chain and you you get the right certificates and you see to that it's sustainable when but when i um when i sell myself as a consultant in in this space i also discuss employee branding as a big uh, factor the new generations, they, uh, they are very value-driven, uh, purpose-driven. And it can be quite easy because you know, different people in your organizations know different parts of the business. So just go and ask, how do you feel about the sustainability work that you do in your role? And it's, it's quite expensive to recruit new people. So from a profitability view, that if you just increase the, 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 the sustainability of your business, the, your level of employer branding and uh, likelihood of, of keeping key personnel uh, grows. So you don't have to, to consider that much, how, how profitable it is from that angle, but rather, uh, you know, how, how, what kind of savings can you do and how can you be continuous in your business? But yes, you, you have a clear point that KPIs when it comes to sustainability is, is harder. Profitability is, is, of course, very, 
very easy to see either you're profitable or you're not. But there are KPIs that you can look at. And also, I, I feel that we've taken the step now from sustainability being a climate issue. Uh, there's been so much talk about carbon dioxide and uh, equivalents and 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 it's of course very very important but there's so much more and i think the next step where i, I see people approaching the the question of biodiversity much more mm-hmm. uh, how, how do we uh, how do we evolve our business but, but uh, and still see that we we're not destroying the biodiversity and that is of course a very big issue in sweden where the swedish uh, paper mills or forest companies uh, have been saying that we have a resource, a renewable resource in the, in, in the forest that we can just keep on working with for, for as long as we please in, in comparison to, to fossil fuels. But there is issues there as well. So, uh, uh, But I, I truly think that look inwards when it comes to this question and, and discuss this question with, with your personnel uh, because they know so much more you know, in detail from each step of the value chain. Yeah. I think so. And I think each business then, I think those KPIs are very much critical to measure and then reflect upon and continuing improving upon. Now, Axel, to take uh, this connecting the macro view that we talked earlier of the shrinking GDP, and you spoke about the, the shift from linear to circular, then looking on from a business developer's perspective who are looking to develop their business, in your view, what are the, those opportunity areas that present up for the business developers either to leverage from those or the opportunities could be even in helping other companies move towards a higher sustainability level or actually make them sustainable from if they are not sustainable or removing some of the roadblocks that might be on the path. What's your view or ideas or guidance for business developers that you see from your point of view? I think uh, we see large opportunities here as if, if we especially if we talk from a from a startup space where I've been present uh, quite a lot lately where we have these it's it's very hard for a company if you're a hundred year old company you have your business model you've had the kind of the same business model uh, it's been developed over time people worked a lot with uh, with continuous improvement and lean uh, structures and so on and they've developed you know almost into perfection that kind of linear business model and now you're you're supposed to change it. So there we have an opportunity for new companies coming in with a circular business model already from the start, right. where that's the starting point. So how can we make uh, whatever we want to do uh, in a circular way, and always have that as a north star for all for everyone that uh, this is the way it has to be, um, and working continuously around that question that we always come back. That is the core. And also, if if you can, because we need systematic change, and systematic change is very hard to obtain. There's so many different pieces that has to be changed for us to 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 really come through uh, in that space. And if you are truly gifted of, as a as a business developer, you can see the possibilities within your. You know, regardless if you work in, in startup or big corp, there are possibilities on how to change and take steps to develop side streams that are more circular or so on. I, I um, Just to focus on that could be very beneficial for you as a, well, if you have that role in your company, but also see it 100% correlated to profitability. 
So because it's it's a very hard sell if you sell it as as something that is only sustainable. If you have a you know some sort of pivot in, in your business model that is more sustainable but less profitable, it's a very hard sell. So finding ways and also uh, discussing risk mitigation and so on when it comes to selling the development that you want to see. That's cool. I think that's great. And as I said, just repeat that three pillars: people, profits, and planet. So if you keep everything. Mm. on those three perspectives there that that's how you can then achieve those that objectives or the, achieve those initiatives that you're trying to make it work mm, for sure and now you talked about the startup thing as you spoke that uh, lets me thinking in that direction can you give some advices based upon your experience of working close to the startups you might have seen a lot of successful startups versus some startups that may not have gone well or failed in your view, what are some of those key reasons that differentiates the successful ones versus the ones that didn't work? Is it a matter of, again, luck connecting to the philosophy and we should not keep things in the hands of fortune? So what's your view, Axel? My view is that you, uh, you have to continue to move and move the needle. And uh, especially in these times where we've experienced and seen business models based on people working, going to the office in the morning or uh, towards the Horeca and in hotels and restaurant businesses and so on. And people stopped coming to the office or people stopped uh, traveling. And all of a sudden uh, you stand there with a business model that just doesn't work. And, and that's basically what divides the, 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 the good entrepreneurs from the great is, you know, in a time of crisis that you're able to pivot and that you're able to keep the energy and move into a new space and, and, and continue to develop that and, and continue to move forwards. And also learning, I, I believe that learning from, from other businesses, we've been now in an accelerator where quite a few um, different companies and entrepreneurs have been working side by side and just seeing one business model and bringing it, in, it into your own and, and just helping each other out, looking outside the box, outside your uh, your sector to, to see innovation, to see possibilities, to see how to handle data or or so on. I think that's uh, that's a key factor when, when developing uh, a startup. Interesting that you mentioned, uh, Axel, the accelerator part. That's what I was leaning to in my next question is what benefits does accelerators provide to business developers because it's also a commitment of time and their energy where they could spend on other things like developing their product or meeting out their customers and if a business developers have decided to be a part of what are the good practices they could or they should follow to get the best out of the startup accelerators there, there's usually a mentor group connected to to accelerators and my advice there to any business developer is to use them, especially if they could be a potential or a customer or have connections to potential customers. Because my experience is, is that uh, people are really eager to help out, especially in these times. So just ask tons of questions and then try to solve people's problems instead of trying to come up with the problem yourself. And not having this connection of actually discussing it with the potential customer, with the, uh, the potential partner that you might have in, in, in projects. And then also working once again with people from other fields. Maybe you can get 
new ideas or new potential ways of, of doing things by, by listening to someone that has worked in a totally different field. And there is a, a balance in between getting their work done and just searching for inspiration. Uh, but I, I believe that that's up in an accelerator program because the, there is always content that you can t- take uh, take part of and so on. But just raising uh, your eyes from the computer every once in a while is not too bad. Uh, so that that's an advice and, and looking into the big picture, not only you know the tasks of the day. So finding that balance. And I also believe that in in entrepreneurship and and business as a whole, to, to have someone to be held accountable by, um, especially in these times when people have been working from home, it's easy to just procrastinate or, or do something later or just do the tasks at hand but if you if you set up a goal and then you have someone that holds you accountable to that goal it, it, it can be very very efficient great axel thank you for those advices so axel uh, we are towards the close of this podcast but before i let you go i will ask you one of my favorite questions that i ask most of the guests coming to the podcast the context axel is that all of us through our years and through our experiences, learn or pick up good habits that were very much relevant, very much important at that stage of life. But as we live in a very much dynamic environment, new experiences comes in. I believe it's important for individuals to even unlearn, to make that space for new learnings and habits to be adopted to make them successful in the present and the future. What would be your view on Axel, uh, on that, Axel? And do you have such experiences where you had to unlearn something from the past and relearn in the present? Well, uh, I have a master's in, in business. So uh, basically working in a, in a sustainable environment is relearning everything I, I thought I knew about business. Okay. I remember the the very first thing in business school when in the microeconomics was that one unit for more for the same price is always better which is not it's just not true so relearning and sometimes it's 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 better just to start from scratch experience is is is, is good but not always great so uh, just to be open minded and and uh, have a sense of of criticism or uh, openness to to everything you think you know, I think it's very important in these times. It's it's very interesting times and dynamic times, changing times. So, uh, yeah, being creative with that is something I try to to keep myself account- accountable to uh, every day and just challenging uh, everything. Thank you, Axel, for your wisdom, your thoughts. So thank you for the session today, Axel. Uh, if some of our listeners needs to contact you and connect with you and get some further ideas from you, how could they reach out to you, Axel? Well, you remember the philosopher's name and then you have my name. And I believe in, the, in these times, if you know someone's name and this is a specific name, I think I'm unique with my name. So I'm on LinkedIn. So just reach out. My, my website is, is my first and then my last name.com, axelboetis.com. And then you, you have some more info if you want to reach out. So I'll be happy to to take any calls or, or reach outs that I might get. Great, Axel. Thank you very much for this session. Hope you also had a good experience uh, talking to this podcast and sharing your thoughts, perspective, and wisdom with the listeners and to help the business developers here. Thank you for today. Thank you so much. Sustainability in a business needs to be treated like profitability. 
every individual and business function needs to inculcate it as a way of life. Inspiration could be taken from John Elkington's three P's, people, profit and planet as the three pillars of sustainability. Hope this episode has helped you to gain ideas, inspirations or food for thought to leverage sustainability in driving profitable business growth. Do give me a high five if you like this episode. I would also love to hear your feedback and suggestions for improvement. My contact information is provided in the episode notes. Talking of feedback, I received an interesting feedback from one of the listeners. First of all, thanks to that listener for sharing the feedback. As per him, he has been observing that in the first round of listening to an episode, he is able to capture the breadth of the content in that episode. In the second round, he is able to capture the depth of the content. And in the third round, he is able to glean out relevant parts of the content which he would like to leverage from. And then in the fourth round of listening to the episode, those key points get ingrained in his memory. Interesting, right? I thought of sharing this feedback with you, with all the listeners here. Maybe some of you could benefit from that and consider doing something similar. We all wish to learn from each other, right? Also, if you know of any of your friends, colleagues or family members who could benefit from the Business Developer Podcast, do earn some good karma by recommending this show to them. That's it for now. See you again in the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast. Stay happy, healthy, curious to learn. And remember, people, profit, planet. That's the way to go. Bye for now.